Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, welcome back to the Comedy Bureau Field Report. I am Jake Kroger of the Comedy Bureau, uh, the guy who created it. Um, the Comedy Bureau Field Report is, of course, a member of the Believe podcast family. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. Uh, and this is the part of the podcast, again, where I remind everybody that the name of the podcast is the Comedy Bureau Field Report, even though, as you're listening to it, it reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. It's just the name of the network. Um, it was beyond my control. Anyways, um, again, another week, another fantastic guest, another one of my favorite people in comedy, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, I would uh, say one of the best people when it comes to dark humor, um, whether it's stand-up or short films or talk shows or whatever, um, she's amazing it's quite simply that that's all I, I think i need to say about that jenna friedman everybody oh hi I hey jenna I you while you were talking because i just wanted to make sure that the audio was clear and you didn't hear me like <laughs> breathing you know so. <laughs> it's okay um i am doing a like an interesting sort of very diy setup because of I don't want to pay extra for Zoom, <laughs> and so I am, yeah, yeah I, I'm using the voice memos on my laptop, and you're recording you on the phone, and I tested this last night, and it actually doesn't sound that bad. I actually sound better on my end than on Zoom, and then I've had calls on Zoom where this it, the guest sounds worse, but... Again, this is where I take my stance of if you're complaining about audio quality and podcasts during quarantine, you can shove it. Um, you know, everything's on the table right now. It's like, that's what you want to complain about? It's, yeah. I mean, it's valid, you know? We're right. all trying to figure out how to navigate these times, and audio quality is important for people to relax their brains and comfortably listen yeah i mean i do get that but also on my end and i think anybody who's creating podcasts or content we're trying really hard to stay sane and then also make stuff you know mm -hmm. it's hard yeah. yes i know exactly what you mean it's really hard i think it's also just when you're not moving as much, less oxygen is going to your brain, and it's uh, hard to be creative in that context. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that's why you've got to move. You can't just sit all day. Um, I mean, how... Too, though. Honestly, again, nothing is off the table. Anything you got to do to just, like, yep. feel okay, you know, mm -hmm. um, it is... Valid. What are you? I think. People, I think oh, go what on. I'm working on. Oh no! What are no, you? No, I was just gonna say. <laughs> okay, you go. You go. You go. Um. Yeah, I forget what you're saying. You go. Oh, I was gonna say, what are you doing to feel uh, okay uh, in lockdown and quarantine? So I have been preparing for this moment my entire life. Wow. Much. I saw Outbreak when I was in sixth grade. I knew the pandemic was coming at some point. Uh -huh. um, I, I feel incredibly lucky that I am not in New York at the moment. Right. I have friends in New York, and I've been staying in touch with them, and mm -hmm. they're doing okay. And I mm -hmm. think it's definitely better there than it is here, but I just uh, it's the first time I've ever kind of relaxed into living in Los Angeles and appreciating of the social isolation that is the city, um, mm -hmm. even though, you know, it's not, even as I say that I'm 
cognizant that LA has a massive, massive outbreak, and part of that is because so many people can't. So it's really isolated, and it's a whole mess. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, without getting into all that that stuff, which mm-hmm. is a downer. Um, you're, I mean, but you're fulfilling your destiny. That's cool. <laughs> How does that feel to be vindicated that a terrible thing would happen if you're ready? It doesn't feel good. It's the same thing about Trump. It's the same thing after Trump. Nobody, like, it doesn't feel good. No, like, it doesn't. You know, the saddest thing about all the COVID stuff is, like, how mm-hmm. preventable it all was. I oh, yeah. Mean, even once it hit, I remember I remember reports about COVID um, on Yahoo News in January. Because mm-hmm. I, I got up, like, after my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I saw, like, mention of it. And that was, like, January 12th. And then right. it was all, all over the news by January 20th. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like watching all that shit go down in New York. Like, once Wuhan was locked down, or even Beijing, New York mm-hmm. City just should have been on it and canceled schools earlier. And it's, it obviously doesn't help anyone mm-hmm. with, like, the shoulda, coulda, woulda stuff. Right. But, um, you know, the fact that, like, from every level, like, I don't want to get so much into politics, but, like... Yeah, hey, anything's so on the table. For Trump, I mean, yeah, but it would have been so easy for, like, Trump or any officials to just, like, like, hey, everybody, like, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Or not sell the mask to foreign countries, or not mm-hmm. um, convert resources from, like, progressive governor states. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would also have been easy for, like, uh, leadership and states like New York and cities like New York City to not put any, I mean, to just kind of be a little bit more proactive knowing that the federal government was going to kill them. So I just, I don't know, it was, it's a bummer, like so many unnecessary deaths and it's, there's no like real sign of it in our country slowing down because of how poor, poorly um, the leadership has responded to it. But people, for the most part, I think, are at least in progressive places are getting the sense that like you know if you wear a mask then you don't have large you avoid large gatherings mm-hmm. and you're like don't obviously go out if you're not feeling well or you know I think people are getting it and you're seeing rates go down in places again like New York but mm-hmm. it's a whole fucking mess it is a whole mess and and uh, I you're right about what it could have should have and I don't want to say that like people had to learn their lesson the hard way, but it certainly... No, because people aren't learning their lesson the hard way. No, they're not. People are getting other people sick. Mm-hmm. So, like, Stephen Miller, who, like, no one talked about, now he's COVID, I got in trouble for a tweet about it before it happened, but, like, he fucking <laughs> killed his grandma. Right. And, like, so he's not, you know, his grandma dies because mm-hmm. he, you know, definitely had COVID. You can quote me because I already got in trouble for it, so... <laughs> sure. Cool. Exclusive. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, people aren't learning. There was a, a, a chain smokers benefit concert in the Hamptons. Uh, yeah. And it's like it looked like a concert from like January or last year, you know. Wow. Um, and I mean, I even like when it comes to like the protests, I, I think thankfully a lot of people have, I mean, almost everybody to anyone that I've been to has always been wearing a mask and we try to distance as much yeah. as possible. But I remember the big Hollywood one um, that happened when pride was supposed to happen. What was bothersome about that was when we reached the end of the route, um, like people thought like, Hey, we should just celebrate. And people were dancing God. And like the restaurants were like, fuck it, like we're we're just we we're gonna we we're not gonna miss a chance to make a bunch of money, so they yeah. pa- they packed the restaurants and all and I, I just as much as I miss all of that, I'm like I gotta go home. This is not good. Yeah, it's like a fault because the virus doesn't really hit for like what is it like three to fourteen days. I took a contact tracing course online for free just to get a better sense of like mm-hmm. how it spread and everything, and even. Right. I had some questions about some of the, it was through Johns Hopkins, and there was, like, right. one question that was, like, um, if you have a conversation with somebody indoors mm-hmm. for, like, eight minutes, and then, like, two days later, they test positive, is that person a contact? And I was, like, absolutely. And they're, like, no, it has to be ten minutes or more. And I was, like, that feels weird. I would still <laughs> call them, and then they're, like, well, you're diverting resources. That could be, like, it was crazy. Right, right. But, um, I think 
we're like still kind of coming up to speed on how this is being transmitted, but the larger issue is that there's such a cost of security because mm-hmm. it takes such a long time for it to get you. Right. So, you know, you're around people and you're just like, oh my God, I'm taking my mask off and like, it feels so great. I mean, I think the other thing that's really scary is like, I've already been like skittish of people to begin with because I think just like inherited trauma. Mm-hmm. But now, even when I see friends or like somebody on the street the other day asked me a question and she comes to me without a mask and like, I normally friendly to strangers. I just lately, I feel like I've been just so scared of everyone, not even like for them, but for me, like mm-hmm. I got tested once, but I could be a silent carrier and like, I don't like to kill someone. Absolutely. So, I think going to be like the after effects of this are going to be pretty traumatic for a lot of people oh yeah i mean this and anybody who understands what's going through i mean i think there's probably kids that are young enough to not really understand the gravity of what's going on right now um but i think like an entire generation of people that are alive are just like they're sharing in this collective trauma and we're all going to be carrying this you know in our own ways for a long, long time. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And it, I just like, I mean, to try to even tie it back to comedy, you were saying like conversation indoors. I mean, but people have all these anxieties about it. So like, you know, um, doing indoor shows, I mean, I, 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 I think, I know that it's going to come back at some point, but even when it, that, that first like attempt at it you know after there's like a vaccine available for everybody i i still think like somebody coughing in like a venue oh totally is going to be like a nightmare the last show that i did Mm -hmm. uh which was in well i did i actually had to fly across the country because i had like a college gig um and what date was this that was that was so February 6th. I had to fly across the country and I had already been like super paranoid about COVID. I wore an N95 on a plane, right. which is like, you know, not advised because you really can't breathe. But then the guy in front of me entered the side of me was coughing the whole flight. And I was honestly paranoid. And looking back on it, like that was about, that was the time to be paranoid as well. Right. Um, but then I did a show after that. I was in New York City. Mm-hmm. I, um, uh, for the first time ever, I, I mean, like, I, I, like, splurged on a, on a car, on, like, an Uber from upstate to the city because I was, like, afraid of taking public transit. Right. But then I took an Uber to a show in New York, and I um, got into the car and, like, uh, shut the door, and my fingers grazed a dirty Kleenex, and I was like, New York is going to be so fucked. And then I mm-hmm. went to my show at Union Hall, and this might have been February 7th or 8th, Mm-hmm. And I remember being just, I was trying to do my show, Mystery of Justice, but I was so obsessed that I just, like, couldn't stop thinking about COVID. Uh-huh. And people in the car were coughing, and oh, I no. it's like a joke. Mm-hmm. Well, no one had it there yet. Right. I mean, I don't think, I mean, it might have been there, because mm-hmm. it was in LA in January, but, right. like, it wasn't, like, a thing yet. And I just remember being, like, be careful, mm-hmm. like, on the on the train ride home from the show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're fine now, but on the train ride home, be careful. But I just remember being so scared about it, and we're all laughing. And then I must have done a couple shows in L.A. I don't know if I, I, I was about to go on tour, and then, mm-hmm. um, and it was so boring. But, uh, yeah, but no, like, it's yeah, not. Was, no, it's not. I was about to do a show in Vegas. Oh, like wow. March 14th or something, and then I was going to go to London, and Amsterdam, Berlin, mm-hmm. Antwerp, and wow. I kept going back and forth with my reps how I was like I really don't want to do the Vegas shows because mm-hmm. it was like that week and right. then I ended up just like canceling the day of and then the next day like everything went into lockdown so I would have been like my Nicole Schreiber was actually stuck in Vegas right. and we were like texting about it <laughs> but it was like a crazy time yeah I, I don't know it was I, a crazy time mm-hmm. and to answer your question in a long-winded way I think the future of stand-up comedy I think, it, I think live performance is definitely going to suffer for the short term. For sure. But I also look to like the pandemic of 1918, mm-hmm. um, really before stand-up comedy existed. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, we, we've been through these things before. And I do think like once we have a vaccine, 
you know, people are so eager to return to normalcy and be around other people mm-hmm. um, that I do think it will very much rebound. But we are just in a really crazy, scary moment. Yeah, I, yeah, we are. And it, I mean, there's so much uncertainty and again, because people haven't learned their lesson, it seems to keep prolonging um, for a, a, a more uncertain amount of time as to when things will have a sense of normalcy. I mean, you see like pictures in Taiwan where they did or did everything correctly and like, you know, they can go watch a baseball game in a stadium. I know, isn't that nuts? Or yeah. like New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then I think about, like, I mean, could, could America even really, uh, like, America is so much bigger than Taiwan or um, New Zealand. To get that many people... I don't pe- think it has to do with that. The thing yeah. it has to do with, like, the culture and the sure. lack of... Sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Um, but I just think it has to do with... Because, like, New York has it under control. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think it just has to do with, like, the culture. Like, we have a culture of, like, people who don't trust the government to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now we also have somebody in power who's, like, actively spreading conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. And, and, politi- and politicizing masks. And mm-hmm. I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, has sort of abdicated sort of his responsibility at the federal level, leaving states to just kind of do whatever. And, and now we're, we're at where we're at, where, like... Governors are getting fights with mayors who want to, like, you know, institute mass and, like, um, indigenous populations are in danger because other governors don't, they, they want to open up and the indigenous people don't. Um, and it's, it's, it's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's really, honestly, like, you can distill it down to, like, we have, like, a federal government, and we have an entire party that doesn't give a shit about people. And I'm, I know the Democrats have most of really just talking about the Republican Party. Right. They don't give a shit if people die. Yeah. And they don't want us to live in a democracy. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, all it's all part of this whole COVID response. It's just a mm-hmm. reflection of that. It's exposing all of the deep inequalities. Like, there was a... a there was, the podcast the other night on the, the Daily the New York Times podcast talked about New York City hospitals, the public versus the private ones, and it was like such a sad podcast. It was such a sad episode because it just talked about how all of these resources were squandered because of just like bureaucracy and you know, the lack of. I mean, it, it wasn't. It had nothing to do. I don't think with the GOP or anything, but just in general, like how dysfunctional our government is even when it's like progressive and trying to do the right thing. It's just really demoralizing. They spent fifty million dollars on this like COVID center of of Billy Jean King's kind of civilian and ended up only like treating seventy something people because Whoa. of all the bureaucratic entanglements and mm-hmm. the fact that I think one of the um the ambulance companies are contracted with the hospital so mm-hmm. A different the ambulances that were at the response center can actually get people at like Elmhurst Hospital because they weren't they didn't have the contract. It's just like the privatization of public services is another uh, thing to think about that's really hurt our country in terms of trying to remedy this pandemic. Absolutely. Funny, right? Yeah, I was just gonna ask: Is this gonna be the core of your next Conan set? No, I mean I haven't really been doing. I kind of so I was about to uh, tour Miscarriage of Justice with the goal of taping it. Mm-hmm. So I was just showing it developed in Edinburgh right. with the goal of taping it yeah. before the election, and I've kind of just put that on the back burner. Yeah, I have a couple other projects that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not stand-up. I kind of, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're doing like a, you know, I, justice stand-up stuff, which I think the term kind of makes my skin crawl at this point, but I feel like mm-hmm. you just can't assemble crowds of people. It kind of defeats the purpose. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, just kinda, I, I just don't want to put people at risk, so I just kind of put my stand-up on pause. Right. No, I, uh, I'm sad that, that you had to cancel that tour. I, saw several different iterations of that show even like one where you were like trying to figure out because you had created an Edinburgh and it was for a UK audience 
and you were trying to translate UK references to American, and that was fun to see. Um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it, you know, you say it's on the back burner. I mean, if you were to do it again, I imagine you'd have to change it quite a bit. Can like uh, on the no matter what happens on the other side of this, it's everything's gonna be different. So like you know, everything's gonna be different, but there's a lot of everything. I mean, I think the whole idea about Trump being like a symptom of the problem and kind of like a like a cancerous mass on the American body politic kind of holds true. Yeah, it holds true. Um, Yeah, like just like misogyny in our like culture of just like violence against women. Unfortunately, that will be evergreen. (laughs) Oh my god! I wish that wasn't evergreen. I wish it wasn't. But yeah, yeah, we. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, every, I mean, like, when Trump got elected, you know, we were, a lot of people were saying that, you know, a lot of bad things were r- coming to the surface, but I feel like now in this lockdown and Trump being president and all the, uh, I mean, the uprising is sort of a response to that, is like, um, every bad thing is coming to the surface now. It's all, all on the table, to call that back. Um you know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was weird. I remember last year thinking how dumb Trump was and how lucky we were that, like, we haven't, we hadn't had, like, a 9-11 happen when he was president, even though we really bought shirts, like, mm-hmm. left Puerto Rico to, like, high and dry. Right. But with this, it really, I mean, it, yeah, it is a confluence of things that makes people feel crazy because it is crazy. Yeah. That's, like, there's, and there's, Sadly, there's comedy in that. You know, it's like, yeah, you're not crazy. The world we're living in is crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've heard, I mean, I've been doing my due diligence in what I can do or the version of what I can do in these times as the comedy bureau and definitely watching. Curiously, people do um, stand up on Zoom and Instagram live and live streaming and all that sort of thing. And um yeah, I mean, they're they as comedians do. They find comedy out of this time as traumatic as it is, uh, but it, it does follow that theme of like we're you're not crazy for feeling. I mean, this is like an unprecedented, insane time for all the reasons. How do you feel? Yeah, how are you? How are you enjoying like watching the Zoom shows? Are you? Are there any that do you think they're working or like? Is it funny at all? Like, I kind of almost can't watch because it makes me sad, but <laughs> is there, is there, like, are people, is anyone really, like, owning it? Like, I really got into Z-Wave interviews. I thought she's been doing such a great job at those. Yeah, yeah, Beta um, with Z-Wave is definitely at the top of my list of recommendations to people. Um, I mean, I think it's so, it's, it's fascinating. It's, like, so good that it doesn't matter that the aesthetic, the aesthetic of Instagram Live leaves a lot to be desired. Um, it's just the, the questions and the way that she conducts the interview is it's enthralling, you know, and it's important and crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can see, I mean, that's part of, I, I don't know how intentional that is, but you get to see, especially the sort of bigger guests that she gets, uh, cause the comedians kind of know what she's doing. Um, they, you see them squirm, you see their, or their ignorance, or like, they think they're doing a really good job when they're not, and um, I don't know that you would ever get that on like, an actual TV show. Okay. No shit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like, it would be shot, and then, you know, agents would get involved, or publicists, and they're like, no, you gotta cut this out, you gotta cut, and none of that gets cut out now. Um, I think that's really, uh, Baited's really good. I still watch Hot Tub with Kurt and Kristen every Monday, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely Kurt and Kristen uh, have figured a way to translate and maintain their sort of vibe and energy with the show. And, I mean, it's done on Twitch via Zoom, so, I mean, it's still a little weird, but I think... Joel and Mandy who produce it and Jake and Sam uh, hold the phone do like a good job keeping that running and I I mean I I mean maybe there's some nostalgia attached to that but I I still enjoy that 
But I think, uh, like, as a sort of thematic thing, what I've seen really work is people getting sort of um, more physical or vaudevillian. I mean, there's a lot of people doing, like, prop comedy sort of things with, you know, showing stuff in their room, and that kind of works. Or, like, creating essentially, like, a, a bit that they would do that would fill the frame um, with, like, it's almost akin to a sketch when they're on a show. Or going to the other end, um, storytelling shows have been, um, have really worked. Like when people are just really bearing their soul of what is like been going on, um, because we've all been sort of separated from each other and just kind of hearing somebody's story unedited and unfiltered, especially by like a comedian or a storyteller. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is engaging and, uh, you get to like, I mean, yeah, you're kind of just stuck with your own experience and maybe the few people that you get to check in with every so often. So hearing what other people are going through, I mean, no matter what they're going through, there's always something that's interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, that's a long way to go to say it's not the same. There is a lot of it that is like, just, Oh man, this is just sad. But um, as I've kind of gone through the weeks, like people do get better and figure out more stuff. And I, uh, think that like, this isn't going to be forever, but it definitely is going to change comedy in a way that, um, yeah. yeah, that is probably for the better. I mean, you know, uh, I think a lot you know, of, I, I... Go on, sorry. Yeah, I, I feel bad. No, no, I feel sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I have no social skills. I haven't talked to people in months. That's that's <laughs> ev- that's everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, well, I was just gonna say I feel bad for like kids who are you know probably listening to this who are like a couple years into stand up comedy who are just trying to like assert themselves and find their voice and like prove to their parents that they can make a living in comedy. I was there and I. If this had happened when I was, like, 25, I just wouldn't have gone to the concert. There's just no way I would have done it. And I think, like, I have a love-hate relationship with Mm stand-up just because it's always been this thing I've loved. Mm -hmm. But then in terms of making a living, like, I just, I I personally, like, only recently have been able to, like, you know, make real money doing stand-up. It's been, like, 10 years where, you know, for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know exactly the reason, but my (laughs) college isn't as commercially viable and so I've had to like write and take other jobs which I've loved but I've also been able to do that because of stand-up like I got my first network writing job because of stand-up and so stand-up not only is like a kind of good calling card for other work Mm -hmm. but there's a way to get yourself out there and really like build your career and I just feel so bad for like younger comics Mm -hmm. when this happened to them like at this stage because you know, I, I do think there's kind of screwed in comedy. When people ask me, like, mm-hmm. how do you get into comedy right now? I mean, I don't think it's from live shows. I think there are definitely ways to do it, and those ways are on, like, TikTok and Zoom and Twitter and whatever, but right. not live. No, not, um, not live. Not live. I mean, there are people that try, but inevitably they get shut down or it's a bad idea or, you know, it's just, like, the same four people that show up every time. Um, I mean, I, to that point, I mean, there are young comics that I've seen that are like, um, you know, I, I mean, cause there, there is sort of a lower, even lower bar for like doing an open mic on zoom cause you're not in a room with people. So like, you can like, just <laughs> like close your laptop as soon as you're done and like, oh, okay, well that didn't go well. And I, I mean, you don't have to actually feel the weight of everybody who just looked at you, you know? It almost feels worse. Because <laughs> you're just, like, alone in your own thoughts. Yeah, I... Like, one night, you're <laughs> like, hey, no, you did a good job, man. Everybody bombs. Don't worry. That's guy in the past, like, don't worry about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I've just seen everybody have different reactions to it, but um, there are people that, like, are definitely on the, the sort of warpath to, like, trying to figure out like or do stand up on like zoom and like find their voice and what i have sort of noticed is i i 
can't say for sure because that's way down in the future but i feel like the first time they actually get to step on stage and perform in front of real people live that's going to be rough because like there's stuff that definitely works via live stream that will not work on stage like the only way that i could yeah, they, they are two different forms yeah they're two different forms of comedy which is cool but they're different mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and so I, I think, uh, for better or for worse, I think that might be a rude awakening. Unless, you know, they, they take that into account and they figure it out. Um, like, other very clever comedians who realize, like, oh, I can't just do my act on Instagram or Twitch. I gotta, like, reconfigure it and um, do something else that's more likely than not more visual. Because um, that, I mean... There's so much, like, that you lose with not being in a room together that I think on the performer's end, you got to make up for. There's got to, you know, you're not getting the music to bring you to stage. The energy isn't there. Yeah, but I also think people will be so happy to be together. Right. <laughs> I think, yeah. like, bombing on stage, but, like, not during a pandemic is still so much better than, like, killing on Instagram. Or, like, oh, yeah. Zoom. Yep, so, yep. I, yeah, I mean, I, we're all going to have an adjustment. I think it's like, it's just going to be a, an adjustment for everybody in mm-hmm. all sorts of ways, like, depending on who the president is, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, is that going to, as the election, we're less than 100 days away, is that going to be the focus of stuff that you're working on? One of the things, yeah, actually, I'm uh, working on developing a, I I don't know if I should talk about it until we have it done, but Mm -hmm. yeah, something with adult fun that might be election-based, which is a little tricky because the demographic is Mm -hmm. historically not that political. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's that. And then, yeah, one thing I'm working on is not, it's like this film that I had written years ago when I finally have really exciting producers on it and we're like trying to shoot it in New York and I just kind of laugh at the idea of doing that anytime soon. Right. But I do think (laughs) that there's a way to shoot things in like a small scale with like a skeleton crew. Sure. Yeah. No, I think people are slowly figuring their way out of like not shooting sort of um, bottle episodes via Zoom Um, but it does have to like remain small and I think that there's going to be a lot of mumblecore movies that (laughs) are going to be made in quarantine totally (laughs) that are not I I was like thinking about we did that little cooking show that you so kindly uh, promoted oh Um, the joy of quarantine people go watch it it's my favorite comedian cooking show and lord knows there's so many now Yeah, so then he just wore a full-on costume mask, and that, I mean, that worked. No, that wasn't, we did that in post. Oh, okay. The, the, mom, the Momo mask. Yep. I've had since Halloween. I've gotten a lot of use out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, you'll continue to get mileage out of a Momo mask well after this. Um, but uh, that's exciting. I, I would also urge anybody listening, uh, if you haven't watched Soft Focus, uh, Jenna Friedman's two specials that she did on Adult Swim. I highly urge you to go watch those. Um, you know, we were about to shoot the third one. Yeah? We were, like, shooting it in April, yeah. We had oh, man. Everything. What was I it? Know. Can you tell me what it was going to be about? I can, but I uh, Well, I'll tell it just you. Okay. But, yeah, no, we had a segment on revenge porn, which I, I was really excited about. Okay. And, then I, and then the interview subject, I'm, I'm not... Well, I hope he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think that is some of the, I mean, like, it, it's truly amazing what you've put into those and like, um, I don't, I really don't think it gets like a, enough praise. I mean, for people that have loved like Nathan for you or who is America, I think you did just as great a job of talking to the like insane person that John McAfee is. Thank you. Yeah, that the John McAfee interview is like my bread and butter. I do really well in that context. I think the, those skill pieces, like mm-hmm. the harassment and gaming one, and the campus rape, those are harder. Those are pretty hard to crack, but um, they're going to be hard to do like now um, sure. because it involves a lot of people that you're like already pranking. So mm-hmm. you just don't want to do that during COVID. Right. Um, Thank you. It's my dream show. I love that show and I love what we get to do. So, right. you know. But, um, um, the, yeah, the thing that I'm doing with Adult Flint mm-hmm. hopefully have Flint of that that our segment mm-hmm. already with them that they haven't put out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, get some other that are kind of similar in vein to Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I, I mean, I hope, um, you know, I mean, how much did you make it through shooting that third one? About to start after I had my tour and then I was going to go in April to New York to shoot that. Wow. So yeah. we hadn't shot it. I, I was really bummed because we were like deciding in December between shooting in January and shooting in April and I was pushing for January. Right. And then because I was going on tour, they were like, why don't we just wait until you're back? Right. And then the COVID, but other people have had a lot worse shit. So again, I can't complain. Yeah, there was like, I think two thirds of Conan's, the Conan produced HBO Max specials got postponed because of COVID. Like they were all going to shoot in March and April. I think Quibi was going to do their own proprietary stand up series that they were going to shoot at the Improv Lab. Oh, Quibi. Oh, Quibi. Um, and they... Hey, they got nominated for some Emmys today. Um, they, really? Yeah, like two or three. I don't know. I didn't really look at the drama ones, but um, yeah, they got they got a couple. Yeah, I don't know. The Emmys was, was where we'll talk about it in a sec. But um, yeah, they were going to do their own stand-up series. They were going to shoot the Improv Lab, and all those dates were in March and April. Uh, and those all got can they didn't get to shoot any one of them. Um, yeah. And there were, yeah, there was a lot of people, they had all these tapings lined up or these big shows and they just keep getting postponed and postponed and postponed. In fact, uh, John Cleese was like set to do this worldwide tour of his latest hour. Um, why there is no hope. And he had a date set for, they think the, thousand oaks civic center plaza which i believe bank of america owns now i think but um he that was going to be in october and then he just nixed that and now is going to do it in a live stream this weekend cool yeah i mean i mean that's how i i'm i'm always curious like to the dates that people postpone their shows or tours or concerts to did do they know yeah. something that the rest of us don't? You're like, oh, no, you... I remember my, yeah, no, I, it's very funny. I think there was a lot of optimism in Hollywood early on, and mm-hmm. I think even, like, with my tour, my reps were like, do you want to just say that we'll be there in August in London? And I was like, no, because it's not going to happen. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not going to happen. Uh-huh. I didn't know I wouldn't be, like, a loud out, but, um, right. yeah. Yeah. And what did they say to that? I think they get my the people that I work with to understand right. my uh, vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And you were yeah, right I, again, unfortunately. Yeah, no. I, I, my most depressed day was like like the week, like the Saturday, right when the shelter in place order was called. I remember mm-hmm. all day I just was like, "This is going to be a really long time," and people still was like, "It'll be a couple months." Like, no, it'll be until there's like a vaccine. Yeah. Like our society, and until there's a vaccine and a vaccine that everyone can get. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be like two to five years. Yeah. I um, I know that that's the reality of it. I mean, 
I I was gonna fly out to Miami to see someone, and then uh, that was supposed to be in April, and then that didn't happen. I mean, like I held a lot of hope for that, um, mm-hmm. but you know, as the weeks progressed, and I like, all right, I gotta go cancel this. You know, I think that's when yeah, reality set me in. Like- yeah. To be avoided if you can. Yeah, it's um, it's I can't imagine that anybody is, but there I, I bet there's somebody who's doing traveling for recreation or something. But to do that right now, I it just strikes me as like crazy. Like if you're traveling to for essential business, uh, were see family that's ill or going to a funeral. I don't know what you're doing. Other, you know, like a flight. Um, oh, I guess that means we won't hear about um, airplane food for a while or airplane stories. <laughs> we'll just get a break from that, and like in any sort of stand-up, just for a, a quick minute. Um, yeah. So I there's just a couple comedy news stories. Believe it or not, people, there's still comedy news, and it's happening. Um, let's just go through those really quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I'm uh, gonna try to put myself on mute. Uh, no, I want I want you to chime in if you feel so obliged. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> or else I'll just like talk to myself and go crazy, um, which I do enough already. Uh, so last week, HBO announced that they ordered their latest comedy series, which will be one uh, starring Bridget Everett, based on the life of Bridget Everett. Um, called Somebody Somewhere, uh, and it'll follow kind of the uh, earlier days in her life when she lived out in Candace, uh, Candace and um, had not become the comedy cabaret star that uh, she is now uh, that is often featured in TV and movies. Um, I, <laughs> I, are you acquainted with Bridget Everett, Jenna? Do you know? I love Bridget Everett. Bridget yes, Everett's great. I love her. I think she's great and brilliant, and I think thrilled for her show. Yeah. I also saw her show that Bobcat Goldsbrick uh, directed, uh, I think it was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. And I was bummed that it didn't get picked up. Yeah. That, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Bridget Everett, you should definitely go down a YouTube rabbit hole. And then wonder when she'll get to do her act as she does it again because man she goes into the audience and touches a lot of people (laughs) uh, I was just when I was writing that story I looked up a clip because I hadn't watched Bridget in a while I'm like oh man Uh, yeah I don't know when that's gonna really happen where you can just like lick an audience member uh, just un- yeah, that's so funny I, I just never have thought about that because it's so not in my wheelhouse as anything I would ever do but yeah. it's hilarious when people do it and you're totally right oh man yeah and even um, I remember seeing Bridget at the Virgil um, for a show and I think she has this just uncanny sixth sense to know how to pick the right audience member that will be down with what yeah. she's gonna do, but she like wrote a dude's face on stage, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm and he was totally cool with it. Um, yeah, that was that was wild. But yeah, I uh, I'm sure that'll happen again soon. But that'll be much later on than just normal stand up. I think when people will feel comfortable at all with that, or well, maybe you never know. People are going on cruise or actually i do have this theory that like when there's a vaccine that's available to everybody it's going to be like an actual like a legitimate new year's day no matter what date it is and people are just going to overdo it like they're going to go out and party so hard Um, maybe i also worry if i don't know i don't think i don't know if it will be available to everyone too it's one of those things where you know right that's a that's a thing that's sort of been bothering me too in reading headlines is all these million dollar deals made between governments and pharmaceutical companies and it's like you haven't even yeah. made a working vaccine yet and you're just like 
placing. Yeah, there's so much to be upset about. Like they was making just so much money in every second, and everybody else just in so much pain and right. fucking it's so sad. It's high stakes betting with people's lives. That's how I see it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, and no one. I mean. People can read as many hopeful headlines as they want about like their final phase of testing or third phase of testing or we're, you know, they're showing positive response. But until there's a vaccine that gets rid of it, and that bothers me too, the, the CDC guidelines, correct me if I'm wrong, like for a vaccine, it only has to be 50% effective, right? I don't actually know. I don't. Think so, but I don't. I really don't know. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the fact that it doesn't. I mean, like, you know, please go look that up if if you so choose. Uh, I mean, I remember reading that in a news article uh, from a trusted news source. But I like the idea that there would be a vaccine that isn't a hundred percent effective. That would just be put out there because people want one. Hey, that mm-hmm. worries me. Yeah. Yeah. But. But then conversely, there won't there will be a vaccine that was effective, mm-hmm. because there's such distrust of the government. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people will probably freak out about it. Yeah. There's yeah. That I mean, undoubtedly there will be anti-vaxxers when there is a vaccine, and that's a whole other hornet's nest of problems. Uh, in addition to the other ones and. I don't know. Anyways, you guys should watch and get acquainted with Bridget Everett or rewatch a bunch of her stuff if you haven't seen it. Because uh, I, you know, don't know when you'll get to see her live next. I'm assuming you will at some point. But uh, you will also get to see her show whenever that gets filmed and then put up on HBO. It'll be called Somebody Somewhere. And I have no doubt it'll be great, especially because it's like essentially an origin story. Uh, show about her. The other big story today is that the Primetime Emmys, the 72nd Primetime Emmys, got announced today uh, for their nominees. Um, And there's, you know, a lot of perennial favorites uh, that got nominated. You know, your Marvelous Miss Maisels, your Last Week Tonight's. Um, but there was a lot of uh, interesting uh, highlights that I, uh, or uh, upstarts or whatever you want to call them, that I think got nominations that uh, I was pleasantly surprised by. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows got Outstanding Comedy Series uh, as a nomination. Insecure got that for the first time. Nicole Byer, who uh, is a hilarious comedian, but also hosts the competitive uh, reality competition show, nailed it. She got nominated um, for that. And Rami uh, got nominated for an Emmy. For the first time was there anything you were seeing jenna as you were going if you look at them that you were like oh okay i am about to delete a tweet about how i kind of make fun of people for being excited about the ending because so <laughs> 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 that all everything you just said is exciting i just saw like a couple uh you know comedy shows being like we go like it was like i don't know if it was like last week's night or something after two of like we go Cool. Yeah, but, but yeah. It's awesome. I'm glad people are excited about the answer. Yeah, so exciting. It is. It is. I think there's. But cer- it is exciting. It, it is. is exciting for Rami. It's mm-hmm. exciting for Insecure. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome, and and I think it, and you know it's really important. It, it really like helps solidify people's careers and mm-hmm. give them the ability to make more stuff and bring more people into that stuff and so it's a good thing yeah absolutely and it only um like Issa Rae is I don't know if I got to talk about this in the last episode but she's quietly like building her own entertainment empire or maybe not so quietly I know 
She ha- yeah. she has cool. her own record label. She just got like her extended her production banner to include management now. Wow. Uh, yeah, and um, you know she's in movies all the time, and Insecure is sort of like the building block for all of that. But um, yeah, just her getting nominated for outstanding comics uh, comedy series. Um, I just think further solidifies her place, and that is. I think a huge step towards the racial equity and parity that people are really talking about and not performative sort of like, well, let's, let's get rid of this episode that makes us look bad. Yeah, no, exactly. I 100% agree. And it's really good to see that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that, yeah, I, I, even when I was hearing about the Emmys being, announced the Emmy nominations announced this morning I was like do I even care about this right now but then I had that same sort of change I mean there was things that I was legitimately excited about getting nominations and I think that's an important part of going through this time is like that you don't have to do an either or attitude about it like yes you can um, feel the weight and trauma of everything that's going on and do what you can to um, help or support things or people or causes that you care about. Um, And you can also, as you should for your own self-care and health, like enjoy things, you know? I feel like Mm -hmm. um, if you're just going through your day with a torch and pitchfork and going to sleep with those things and then waking up with them, I mean, you're gonna like run yourself ragged yeah so (laughs) that's that's what i'll say about that uh the full list of uh, emmy nominations you can look up there are so many i mean there's the you know big sort of outstanding comedy series and there's actors and directing and um editing but you know they also include like hair makeup and uh now they have costuming down to like three different categories there's period costume uh contemporary costume and sci-fi and fantasy costume which used to nine so one category became three um and i'm assuming they will not have an in-person ceremony because they're going to be revealing the winners in later in september yeah i have no idea i yeah It'll be, uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll... No, I mean, they're not. There's no way they're doing it. No. No, 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 no. There was... I for, there, somebody tried to do... I think, like, a couple months ago, somebody tried to... They, like, rented out a movie theater here in L.A. to do, like, a private premiere. But then they, had, like, rolled out a red carpet, and they invited photographers, and, and they tried to make it... Look, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 there's undoubtedly somebody got COVID-19 from that. Uh, I have no doubt. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll have to wait till the end of September to hear that. I'm sure it'll just be on, uh, there'll be a telecast of Jimmy Kimmel, uh, probably from his house or an empty theater, uh, announcing all of that, um, or from his home. Um, but It'll, it'll be exciting nonetheless, I think, just because it's something new uh, that we haven't heard before. I, I, I don't know. I, I think any any change of pace for any reason is helpful in quarantine. Um, I don't know about you, Jenna. What do, what do you do to fill the dates? I mean, I, you, I know you said you're I busy. Was gonna, I, I, I have a couple writing assignments that I've been working on, and I... Um... Uh, yeah, I, I've been, uh, at first I was cooking, mm-hmm. and then my oven broke, and then we moved, but now I actually am finding myself thankfully busy, I'm consulting on a film mm-hmm. that's in production, and that's a whole separate thing I can't really talk about, sure. um, and then I'm, uh, I have my own film that we're doing edits on, and a couple other projects I'm trying to get up the ground. Right. Um, it's a little bit more fast and loose, and it's a little bit more entrepreneurial than just, you know, Prior, I think mm-hmm. trying to figure out outside the box ways to uh, work and you know make a living in this time is a little challenging, but right. I've been figuring it out. That's good. Yeah, I think yeah, getting 
that much work I mean being able to bury yourself in that definitely helps so you can just focus on that and not have to think about everything else that's going on yeah yeah but I mean it's a combination you go in and out some days are just like crazier than others Mm. um my partner and I were living in like a loft and it was absolutely beautiful Mm. but it was like there were no doors and it was just the two of us Mm -hmm. and uh we were in pretty close quarters and it was pretty stressful we just kind of moved to a place where I at least have an office so this phone call has been uprooting his whole day um Uh, well, that's good. Wait, is that loft the one that's in Joy of Quarantine? Yeah. That is a gorgeous loft. Wow. It's gorgeous, and it was supposed to be for, like, one month before mm-hmm. we both went on tour. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up just being there for, like, eight months or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And as gorgeous as it was, it just kind of was, like, falling apart on us. Like, we had the system broke, the fridge was a mini fridge, and it kept breaking. The Ooh. bathroom you know, and it was so beautiful, but it, when you don't have, when you're, like, in that situation, again, it's better than being in a, you know, we were very thankful at the time, but it's been, it was a little stressful. Right. Yeah, it's good. It was fine. Everything's great, fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you seen anything new? I mean, generally, it would be great if it was comedy, but really, you can recommend anything you want. Have you seen anything new or... Um, seen anything that you hadn't seen previously that has just been around for a while? I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I may destroy you. I oh like yeah, it's like better mm-hmm. and better. It's really, really a good show. Absolutely. Um, I've been watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is horrifying. Oh yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend it if you're living alone or mm-hmm. just living in LA in general or anywhere sure. in California. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, I've been listening. Ashley Flowers has this podcast called Supernatural that is wild that I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. And I have been listening to quite a few podcasts. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of us, yeah. My brain, I think it's just like, I have been a little bit distracted. I went on a a boat with my dad in mm-hmm. December and I got, I read a couple books, but um, I haven't really been reading enough mm-hmm. um, in quarantine all over the place yeah well that's everybody honestly i mean again like whatever you can do to feel okay as long as it's not hurting other people or yourself like go do it if it's reading a bunch or listening to a bunch of podcasts writing i mean i've i've gotten back into writing poetry it's not even funny either um that's like that's great yeah um maybe that'll find a home somewhere we'll see but those are all great recommendations. I, I definitely really, really love I May Destroy You. Um, I think it's it's great and important and it, and heartbreaking in so many ways. And but also, it, yeah, it it's that it's that rare type of show that kind of makes you feel all the things, and yet it keeps you coming back. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, season three, the third and final season of Corporate, um, Jake Weissman, Matt Ingebretson, and Pat Bishop's super dark workplace comedy uh, premiered last week. Uh, I would urge people to watch that. Um, I think that, it, you know, I, I have a penchant for dark comedy. <laughs> Uh, and I think they do a really great job and not only having a very cleverly satirically written show about corporate culture but they do it like it looks like a David yeah, Fincher movie yeah. it's incredible those guys are so funny yeah um, so that's the third and final season um, and you can check that out at Comedy Central um, I think Think you I you already asked I uh, answered that question uh, that I usually ask at the end of what do you think is the future of comedy after the pandemic? Do you have any other thoughts on that? I mean, it's like the future of anything. Everything always changes. Mm-hmm. I think people who were like born in the eighties, we had a really good run. We were born. I mean, I shouldn't say that because if you were in like Rwanda, mm-hmm. then 
It's okay. Oh yeah, you're also including me in that. I was born in the Philippines in the late eighties and that was a terrible place to be. Kind of terrifying now too. Oh, I mean, it's I'm I'm very thankful that as, as fucked up as America is that I live here and not there. Yeah, so that's a good thing. I mean, I think things are always changing. You know, we have to take it day by day. We have to try to like find joy in little moments and help people who need help. Mm-hmm. And in terms of comedy, you know, it was evolving anyway. Like uh, I think live comedy will be back in some capacity at some point but um, if you're a comedian and you're still somehow listening to this Mm -hmm. uh, now is the time to like be creative and try to find ways to kind of break outside the mold because the Mm -hmm. old ways are quickly becoming obsolete right Uh, out of curiosity how much would you want to hear COVID-19 coronavirus material post-pandemic considering that you talked about Ebola so much when Ebola... I mean, anything as long as it's funny. Look, right. I was doing political comedy for a while, and then, like, now everyone's, like, sick of it, and that's, that's partially why I really like performing in the UK, because mm-hmm. I think it's about, like, what, what's happening in the US, and mm-hmm. um, I think if you, if a, lot, if a lot of people are doing the same comedy, it just maybe pushes you to, if you do want to do that type of comedy, be a little more creative and find ways to make it happen, but, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I'm not sick of anything as long as it's funny and there's like Agreed. very interesting way into it. So mm-hmm. if you're into COVID comedy, you know, it's all of our lived experiences right now, go for it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and I do think that's going to be a lot of it because that's just like all that anything has been on anybody's mind. And I mean, if I know comedians as I know comedians uh, and being one that, you know, you're just going to want to talk about that in some way, shape or form and process it. Yeah. Um, anyways, that is, uh, th- that's, that's the podcast. That's the interview. Uh, thank you so much. Do you have anything else that you want to plug? Where can people find you online as they should? They can find me. I say stay safe, uh, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Yes. Yeah. Just, uh, don't be hard on yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter and when I'm not. Right. And, um, yeah, I'll let you know when the adult show happens. And, Great. Uh, thank you again for having me on and for being, always being so kind with the content. You're, you're so cool to promote all my stuff. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. I, well, it makes, it brings me joy and I just want to share that with other people. I mean, that's kind of one of the big like things that I try to do at the comedy bureau um you know in uh, like sort of uplifting and promoting the art form um I just want to share things that like I think are important or funny or hopefully both um which I think your comedy is um so yeah absolutely um yeah follow Jenna uh on Twitter at Jenna Friedman um, go watch Soft Focus. Go watch her last Conan set about true crime. That was great. Um, yeah, and you can follow The Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, uh, at The Comedy Bureau across platforms. You can follow me uh, at Not the Supermarket on Instagram and MFJ Kroger on Twitter. Please support the Bureau through like GoFundMe, Patreon, Venmo. That'll all be in the show notes. If you can, after you've supported all the things you're supposed to support with bail funds and mutual aid funds and all these sorts of things that I think are a more dire need, but I also need help if you can. Um, do you have anything you want to say uh, as we sign off here, Jenna? No, no. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. Uh, I like to say at the end, the comedy is still happening, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Romeo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast Network.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.